0: Hello, fellow adventurers and travelers. Welcome to episode 11 on the Overland Trail Guides podcast. My name is Ben. I'll be your host. And today we're going to be talking about exploring mines and ghost towns in central Nevada. Uh, uh, Nevada. 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 Oh, I'm already getting called out here. We're going to hit that here in a second. That is our that is our guest, Mike Henderson. But let's talk about Overland Trail Guides, and I'll, I'll get to the intro here in a second, and we can definitely uh, talk about Nevada, Nevada, because I've heard it both ways. Um, yeah, this is Overland Trail Guides. You can check us out online at www.overlandtrailguides.com. We have thousands of miles of curated overland routes across Canada, uh, United States, and then Mexico as well. The best way to support us is to go over to the website, uh, purchase a subscription, buy a route. But if that's not your thing, you can always uh, check out the uh, Patreon below. And if you want to make a donation, we are more than welcome to have that as well. And of course, hit that subscribe button. And without further ado, our guest for the evening, Mike Henderson, uh, the all-terrain family man. Tell us uh, tell Howdy. us a bit about yourself.
1: Uh, well, From Nevada, I, uh... right? Nevada. I live in Reno, Nevada, and we uh, we're really close to it here. We have uh, mountains and we have desert. We have a lot of desert. We have a big lake really close by like Tahoe. Um, and we, we, uh, you know, I've been um, into outdoors and camping and rock climbing and mountain biking and hiking and all that stuff for all my life. And um, so I got the chance to move here about to 21 years ago and uh kind of jumped at it and it's it's right where i like to be as far as where the mountains are um i have so we have obviously we have a family it's me and my wife and two boys uh they're 11 just one just turned 11 last week and the other six wow and they enjoy camping and they enjoy long car rides not really but um we all go out and trundle around the dirt roads and get dirty and go camping and look for rocks and explore. I do all that. Professionally I'm a videographer in Reno. I have my own business. I'm independent and, um, I, I stay busy and in my spare time, I also do video for, of our adventures. And I post all that to a website, all terrainfam.com or, um, YouTube at, um, the All Family channel. We have a URL, but I can never remember what it is on uh, YouTube, it doesn't matter. You can search for it. Um, so and then we also way. have Patreon, of course, because everybody has Patreon. So every time I post a video, I get a little bit of money there.
0: Cool. So, yeah. That's right. where we are. Yeah. You definitely have some uh, great videos on there, kind of covering everything Thanks. from um, budget overlanding to some wheeling to exploring ghost towns, and I think you got some mountain biking on there too, right? We have had mountain biking there, you know, mountain biking
1: is kind of my main sport these days. And so when it comes down time to go for bike rides, I don't tend to bring the cameras on those trips as much as I mean, i not really want to. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's like the end of the day and I've been shooting video, editing video all day. And so it comes around time to go for a bike ride. I'm like, I just grab some water and go. But yeah, mountain biking is my nice. main sport and the kids, kids do it. We've all got bikes. We all like to go um, hit the trails together. Yep. Um, we went. see ahead. I'm
0: representing today
1: too. Yeah. We, <laughs> uh, we were just collab for, for our spring break, which was right before the Easter uh, Jeep Safari. And um, the kids loved riding out there, even with all the rocks. Um, we had kind of some cold weather and it's a 12 hour mm-hmm. drive there. But um, my little guy, has already every couple of days, he'll pa- start packing his bag for another week in Moab. Nice. So, always good. Nice.
0: Yeah, you're lucky. You don't have to go through that that death corridor from the Bay Area through Sacramento up to 80. I, I, I just try to avoid it. It's yeah. just like being in LA traffic these days. That's um, bad. So where are you transplant from? You said you moved to the Reno area about 20 years ago. Uh, where was home before that?
1: Um, we, so I went to, we'll go backwards from here. I went to college in, um, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, and my, my wife now, and I went to college together there. And, um, in New Mexico, hold on, I got to type something really.
0: We got a brief pause here.
1: Yeah. So then yeah, so we, we went to college in New Mexico and, um, it was, we graduated and we're like, where are we going to go from here? And she was looking at graduate programs in various places. And she and uh-huh. she was like, she'd gone to, I think she'd gone to interview in St. Paul, Minnesota. And I wasn't super stoked on St. Paul, Minnesota, and, but it was like, it was looking like that was going to happen. And so I was like, all right, we'll bite the bullet and we'll go to St. Paul. Um, but Then she got this opportunity to come to university of Nevada, Reno. That's and, cool. um, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, that that's a lot better. Let's go to Reno." And so that ended up being a better program. Um, so we came out here and in '99, in, um, in we came out here right in time for
0: Y2K. If wow. you remember. That. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that. And and you've been loving it ever since, huh? Yeah, it's great. We we spent we
1: spent about eleven years here on our own. Um, my sisters, my little sisters, moved up and came and went to college here because. It was so cool. Um, and my parents have since moved up here. And so now we're all here. Cool.
0: Nice. And, and you know, I think the whole Reno area has is, is undergone a transformation and, and people have definitely discovered it, especially from a yeah. uh, place like Sacramento and Northern California, even probably probably Southern California. I think a lot of people across the country and let, let me know if I'm out of line here, probably still think of Reno as, you know, Reno 911. Uh, mm-hmm. The biggest, the littlest, biggest, littlest town in, in the country. Right. But I think, I think they don't realize how close it is to Lake Tahoe and, and how awesome, you know, the Sierra and, and all that other stuff. And and while the Sierra is great, it's full yeah. of people, right? Like all, be, all yeah. the spots. Yeah. There's just people everywhere out there and Nevada, Nevada. Uh, <laughs> quite different. I assume in a lot of the places that are in your videos, and we'll talk about some of those. But are you having to deal with crowds at any of those places that you're going out to, like Tunnel Camp or Nightingale Mine or anything like that? <clears throat> no, not at
1: Tunnel Camp, not at Tunnel Camp, not at Nightingale Mine. There's a lot of basically, if you go east f- from here, you're, um, it's people spread out in a hurry. And certainly there are places where you're going to f- find. Uh, crowds. And I listened to your last episode, your last guest, thought one, one other person was a crowd. And um, yeah, if if one other person is a crowd, then you might, you might find some crowds, but um, we have encountered um, full campgrounds at like at Berlin, Ichthyosaur state park, Um, state park. Yeah. But uh, it is a state park and it's on the maps and it's a place to go. Certainly all the hot springs are, are pretty gummed up. Um, Mm -hmm. Then, other place that's really a, a problem is a place called Sand Mountain, which is about an hour and a half from here. It's a big sand dune that's open to motor vehicles. So that gets um, pretty heavy yeah. use from the motorized crowd on most mm-hmm. with good weather. Um, but okay. for the most, there's not a lot of campgrounds and there's, you know, not a lot of crowds when you're not at campgrounds.
0: For sure. And and then, so we're going to talk ab- about a few different places. I have a list that I want to go through and if you want to add other stuff in there, we can certainly do that as well. Um, before we jump into that, I think I read somewhere that it, is it over 90% of, of Nevada is BLM land or something like that? It's a lot. It, it's yeah. A very... um, it's
1: got, yeah, it's got like 95, Nevada is like 95% public land. And that's, that's one of the, the things that I think is, really overlooked when people are thinking about what states are are the best and the most quote unquote free you know like i was i have a lot of family in texas and we've gone to um they, they live in austin and so you know austin texas is texas is like num- the the lowest percentage of public land of all the of all the states and so anywhere around um austin it's beautiful it's beautiful land rolling yeah. hill beautiful trees rocks there's so much potential for mountain biking but it's all private land and the one place yeah. the, the few places you can find open trail it's you know it's like there's a state park with one trail that's seven miles long and you pay 15 mm-hmm. for you know so it's like well, yeah i think they
0: they have they have big bend uh, they have Big Bend State Park, which are right next to each other, so you can do some decent exploration. They have um, some stuff out on the hill country, but it's mostly just um, uh, dirt county roads. You know, kind of uh, west of Austin. And then I think, uh, gosh, I think it's up by Palo Duro Canyon. And uh, if somebody's local, they're gonna let me know I'm wrong, which is kind of up by Amarillo. I think they opened up a private park out there recently, and that's a about the extent of what I've heard and and some of the national forests on the east side in Louisiana, but not a whole lot. Um, Sorry, Texas. If you wanna be free, I would suggest you actually go up to British Columbia, size of Texas, tons and tons of trails. Um, Yeah, and and you can go out there and explore forever. It's true.
1: Um, Yeah, There's so much BLM land here. It is mostly BLM. Um, There's a lot of forest. It's the Humboldt Toyabe National Forest. And every Mm -hmm. time the the land sort of starts to rise up out of the out of the valleys then it's part of that humboldt toyabi forest um but there's so much blm land and i actually met um i was at an event at a a place called moon rocks which is a a big four-wheeling destination like rock crawling like Mm -hmm. like high upper tier rock crawling destination okay about an hour from here um and we were at an event it was a cleanup and uh, guy goes to introduce me to one of the BLM Rangers, and uh, he's like, Oh, this is Mike. He's like, Oh, not Mike Henderson. I'm like, Uh, y- yeah, you know, and he's like, Got all the guns and everything. And he's like, Oh, yeah, we like, we, we, you know, we watch your channel, we like your outdoor ethic, that's cool stuff. I was like, Oh, great. So I met that guy, his name's Garrett, and cool. um, get in touch with him. He's active on all the um, the forums and websites and stuff, to sort of keep track of what is going on. And we actually saw, not him, but two other uh, BLM rangers patrolling out at Black Rock last weekend. So they're having a presence there, which, you know, from a preservation and conservation. Yeah. And standpoint, well, that, that is a,
0: that is a national conservation area up there, right? So I, I assume um, certain
1: parts of it are. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: It stretches except, of it are. When,
0: except when Burning Man is happening. Um, yeah. Yeah. So in terms of the BLM land and doing um, cross state travel and everything like that, is it pretty easy to, to open up a map, whether using Gaia or something else and just follow BLM roads? Like I would assume, you know, BLM doesn't do as good of a job typically as like the forest service and some, and the national parks and kind of cataloging their roads, probably just because they have so many to keep track of, but is it possible to open up Gaia just with the base layer Gaia and start exploring out there, or, or what's Absolutely. the situation like?
1: Yeah, not so much with the Gaia, the Gaia base layer, but like with any of the cheap USGS base layers, okay, uh, you can find those routes And actually, um, I had I thought I had it. I had it in here the other day. Just I have a a remnant alley gazetteer from when we moved out here. And Mm -hmm. it still has a lot of those roads on it, you know. We'll find I'll find a find a road that's just a trace, and it's you know it's still there. And a lot of these places, you'll think that you're super remote and that nobody would ever come there, but you know, there's a rancher that's got to drive that road to, you know, get to uh, attend to his wells and stuff. So all Mm -hmm. cool about Nevada is that, and all this BLM land is that the roads are mapped. The roads are still actually there. And they're still passable, and people still drive them. You might not see wow. them, any people, but but they're still they're out there, still out there. And so, yeah, you know, there's really no reason to um, to be super weary of the road conditions out in some of these places. Just go go go, give it a try. If you find a road's washed out, like there's another one somewhere, not That's far from you trips where i'm just like oh let's see where this road goes
0: and it goes so it's cool nice yeah that's that's kind of and it's vast it just goes everywhere out there um and i think one of the really interesting things about interesting things about nevada is there has been a for a place that a lot of the state is very barren and like you said you wouldn't think there'd be somebody out there there's like mines everywhere right And I know you like to explore some of those places. Um, you know, you do exploration down in Death Valley, and you're you're obviously Death Valley is kind of at the extreme end. You're like, how the heck did people not yeah. go crazy out here? When you yeah. look at the quarters they lived in and what they dealt with, and and what were some of the things? Obviously, silver is a big one. But were some what were some of the uh, the ores and precious metals that were extracted at some of the places that you visited?
1: Um. Well, there's lead comes out of some places and, um, a lot of, honestly, a lot of the stuff in Nevada is gold and Mm. other materials. Um, there's not, it's not, um, like the short answer is gold. And I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. There's not a lot of, um, there's not a lot of info on some of these places. You know, you can see them on a map, Yeah, um, but there's necessarily a lot of, um, of information about like, if you want to know that you kind of have to dig. And I have a guy who does a lot of ex- exploration and hunting in Nevada and um, he'll feed me information and he does a lot of that research. And um, so when I want to know something in particular, I'll, I'll go to him. But have as far you, as um, I, every time you see those have, big head frames and, um, and you see that and you'll see a uh, or hoppers, uh-huh. um, You'll see like tunnel camp, there's a big um, a cement platform and those are, you know, it's the ore hoppers to crush the ore and then they run mm-hmm. it through the side mill um, and those are, those are all gold or silver.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Um, have you seen the, um, I got turned on to this a, a few weeks back and I'm surprised I'm, I, I didn't I see it before. There is a mines layer that you can lay, o- overlay your map in Gaia. Really? yes it's pretty cool it would tell you like it will tell you in some place in nevada it's probably full of them especially in mining districts it will literally tell you like where every single digging was that they have on file it will tell you the date that they first started prospecting and the materials that they were pulling out of there as well so it's a pretty cool one
1: that sounds like something that you would want to look at after you found something because if you looked at it and and, and said, I'm going to go to that, you might not see anything on the surface. Oh, totally.
0: Yeah. I, I've had ones that are like uh, not even using the layer and I'll get there. And, you know, there's kind of remnants of stuff, but not a whole lot there. Right. You know, it's kind of just caved in or it's just uh, piles of stuff.
1: Yeah. A lot of that stuff is actually is mapped on the the um, it's the USGS 2016 layer, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, keep changing Gaia. So now I don't know how to use it again.
0: <laughs> they're uh, they're making uh, it a, a little bit more modern looking
1: yeah that's. Uh, true, i feel yeah.
0: like there, there's some healthy competition and i don't know how much gaia pays attention to like onyx but i know onyx is uh, in the process of slowing out a bunch of features and stuff like that so mm-hmm. hopefully that'll uh force gaia to get better too i I'm just all for it.
1: i just needed to work on my devices you know <laughs> in the world but
0: if it doesn't work it doesn't work totally yeah i hear you on that so let's talk about tunnel camp and seven troughs. I, I yeah. think that's, you, you have multiple videos going out there. Um, I want to talk about some of the other places as well, but um, where is that in relation to Reno? How hard is it to get out there? Um, Just kind of give us the lowdown. On, if somebody wants to kind of go explore the area of what they need to expect. Is it like a day trip? Um, yeah. I know you camped out there before. Uh, what else mm-hmm. is out there too?
1: So, um, if you go, uh, north, well, east on interstate 80 from Reno, it's about, after about an hour and 10 minutes, you'll get to a place called Lovelock mm-hmm. and Love Lock, you'll get off and get off on a, head out on a, um, on a paved road that goes to a mine. And, and I think it's about 20 miles from there. You'll end up turning off onto the seven troughs road and the road just goes right to it. Crosses a big valley. Oh and uh, goes right up to it. Seven troughs range is the mountain range. The tunnel camp is the little town. Well, it's the mining camp. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's on BLM land and you can camp anywhere you want there. Um, you, people camp in town. It's um, a little creepy, um, but there's a bump above town. There's a big mine uh, tailings pile with a big flat area. And we've mm-hmm. camped before. And that's actually really nice, really pretty when the, the sun goes down and you can look out over the, you can see the um, the next mountain range over on the, um, I forget what range it is. I think it's Star Peak is the name of the, the name of the mountain, the West Humboldt Range. Yeah, it's the mm-hmm. West Humboldt. Yeah. Um, so it's really pretty. So uh, Tunnel Camp is the most extensive ghost town mining camp that I've been to in the state um, there's oh, building wow. and mm-hmm. uh, three, four ore hoppers. And then the, but then the mountains sort of the seven troughs range just is just um, uh, lined with uh, other dirt roads. And so you can, there's another place called Vernon, which is nothing now. Um, but it used to be, there used to be a post office there and you can take that road up and around above tunnel camp and back down to um, seven troughs. Canyon where there's more mines and you know that in that place, the hillside is just sort of dotted with um, mines and tanks and there's uh, mines that you can find. And um,
0: and what's a, what's a tank for those that aren't familiar with it? I think that's something that uh, people from the desert in the Southwest are very familiar with, but uh, other places, not so much.
1: Well, there'd, there'd be, I guess there'd be several kinds of tanks. Like there's actual big tanks that they would store water into like wash ore above mm. ground. There's um, a number of, like, they'll, they'll have like a used to be a, a water trailer and they'll just pull the tank off and that sits on the ground and it runs it from a feed it from a well. Um, then there's also like um, earthen or um, sometimes like a concrete if it's newer or stone lined with mortar um, water tank that would have been, I don't know what it was for. I assume it was for like uh, storing water to then. Uh, wash the ore or dilute cyanide or something.
0: And I think they do it uh, frequently for um, livestock as well. Uh, yeah. yeah there's place, a lot so, of guzzlers yeah.
1: too. You'll see those. That'll yep. be like a newer. Yeah. So I've seen tanks that are, it's like a, like I said, like a, some are like big as a rail car tank and they'll bury them in the ground and they'll have mm-hmm. a, a well and it'll feed that. And then they'll have like a big um, tractor tire that holds water, for the horse or for the cattle that run around in that yep. area, and I'll, I'm sure we'll livestock also drink. So there's a number of tanks and guzzlers and and water sources all around the place. Yeah, um, but Seven Troughs is cool. There's a lot of stuff like every you know every canyon you go up has something. You know, mm-hmm. lots of cabins, and um, and then of course everywhere you go to there's there's like relics and remnants of industries that are gone. And at the same time, there's modern uh, ranchers and farmers that are still operating in those areas.
0: And so you talked about relics from the past. And, and if we have time, we'll talk about the uh, the Lago, Lego Marcino petroglyphs. Yeah, I do want to touch upon like the ethics of kind of visiting these places, whether they're ancient or, you know, they are from recorded history times when the Europeans came what's, what's the ethics and and what are the the BLM guidelines or just the general guidelines around that? Just so people are familiar with that.
1: Yeah. Well there's, so there's, it's, it's a good question. It's something I've thought a lot about recently because of some things that have happened this last year, but um, basically there's two umbrellas that uh, artifacts will fall under. There's the antiquities act, which covers everything, every cultural artifacts that are older than 100 years, you know, and generally that's your um, Native American sites, um, your, you know, European colonial historic sites, which we don't Mm -hmm. have a lot out here. But if there was like a Spanish mission from, you know, the 1700s that would be covered under that. If there's a 10,000 year old petroglyphs be covered under Antiquities Act, Mm -hmm. Um, it is illegal to, Damage, deface, destroy, remove.
0: Remove. That's the big one, I anyway, think. Anyway,
1: molest those artifacts that are over 100 years old. And in the case of the Lego Marcino petroglyphs, those are over 10,000 years old. So wow. they don't have, you know, some of these artifacts don't have anything to do with you or me, but they don't yeah. also have anything to do with the Native Americans who are living here now. I mean, they predate anybody that's currently on the land. Of course. Um, I'm sure that people will debate that. But um, I did take some archaeology in college. Um, but then there's the other thing is that, you know, we came across this issue this last summer. And um, when we were out in tunnel camp, and I want my wife was had a new film camera, well, a new old film camera. I wanted to take pictures. And I was like, well, let's go out to tunnel camp. There's this cool Ford truck there. That's just beautiful. It's got a great patina. It's full of bullet holes. Um, it's, it's awesome. The kids love it. Everybody loves it. If you Google Tunnel Camp, you'll see the you'll see a picture of this.
0: Um, and I think that I think that the keyword is was there, right? Because the I
1: was there. So we were yeah. there, and I'm like, "Where is this thing?" And I'm like looking at my pictures, and I'm because every time you go somewhere, you're like, "Do I am I remembering the layout right?" Mm-hmm. And I'm pictures. I'm like, "No, it was here. It was right here." And what's more, I can still see the outline of it in the grass. And um, later, you know, I did some, I flew the drone to get some pictures and later on I could see what looked like tire tracks backing right up to it. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. So that was in October and um, I got back and you know, I posted something about it on one of, the, one of the Facebook groups and people were like, is that even illegal to take that? And I'm like, well, that's a good question. So it's on BLM land. I looked that up, it's on BLM land. BLM BLM has a provision in their um, regulations saying that it's it's illegal to take any artifact off of BLM land, any historic artifact off of BLM land. There's no um, it's it's illegal to collect anything that's not like a um, a fossil or a rock. You you can go collect rock on BLM land, and that's not a problem, but you can't collect um boards from a ghost town you can't collect cans from a ghost town you can't collect nails from a ghost town you certainly can't
0: collect uh a truck from a ghost um so that was confirmed you cannot you cannot take the the 60 year old truck out of there however old it was
1: yeah well and you know there's a lot of debate about if it's original to the site there's a lot of debate Mm. about um you know, wh- where it came from. It wasn't always in that location. The bed doesn't go with the body. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but, you know, the rule is it's, it's at that site. The BLM considers it to be iconic and a part of that site as much as the artifacts at a place like Berlin, uh, Ichthyosaurus mm-hmm. Park. So fast forward from that, it was like October 4th. I think we were there. And I was super disappointed. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Going back over the pictures, there's other vehicles that had been there that are no longer there. Well, so I live in Reno. We live on the south end of town, on the east side of the valley. And we were going up to go um, sledding one day, and we had to drive through this area where there's a bunch of like ranches and houses and stuff, Um, nice nice properties. And we're going by this one, and I'm like, oh, there's a cool Studebaker truck, rusty Studebaker truck. Like, oh. There's a cool Willis truck on this property. I'm like, oh, these people love old trucks. And I drive by, and right behind the rock that has their address numbers on it in like brass is a truck that looked a lot like the tunnel camp truck. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that can't be it. So so we go up and we go sledding, and I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about it. And we come back down and I stop and I pull in and get close. And I'm like, that looks like the tunnel camp truck. And I go up closer and I take a picture. And I'm like, that looks like a tunnel camp truck. And I compare it to my pictures and it's the tunnel camp truck. And I'm like looking wow. at holes, and I'm looking at rust lines. But yeah. there's a, somebody put a sticker on it on the front fender. And that sticker is on the truck that I see on this property. And I'm like, hmm, this is a problem. Um, so this was a week after I'd met the, that BLM ranger, Garrett. And so I, I called him up or I sent him an email. I was like, is this something that you guys even care about? And he, so he called me and he's like, yeah, this is something that we care about. Uh, Okay. They care about it and they made a big deal about it. And the story is kind of still unfolding as far as that truck. Um, But I would expect that truck to be back at tunnel camp sometime. Wow. And all that. With,
0: With the address number on there.
1: No, it was behind the edges. They didn't didn't seem to have damaged it, but um, it's not there. It's been removed. So, so,
0: you know, I I think the moral of the story is, and so many people have got introduced to outdoor recreation, whether it's camping, mountain climbing, backpacking, hiking, overlanding, um, that for those of us that have been doing it a little bit while longer, that like to enjoy it and want to preserve it for, our kids, our posterity is we need to educate people. And so, you know, I think the moral of the story is always leave it better than you found it. And that means not taking what you think is an old abandoned truck out there. um, You know, not taking a a rock with a petroglyph or a a pictograph on it. All that stuff needs to stay there. It does.
1: Really, I used to do some work with wilderness advocacy groups and a really smart guy named Cameron Johnson said, that, um, you know, public, when we talk about public lands and public resources, public doesn't necessarily mean present. You know, like yeah. we're, here, we're part of the public, but we're here now. And these um, places and these artifacts and these these environments need to exist well into the future. Yeah. Um, so you, you have to think about, um, you have to think about, how, how how our actions are going to affect these things for um the future and future generations and it's a tricky thing because you, you want to talk about um you want to you want to talk about tunnel camp which is a historic site on blm land you want to talk about um school bus canyon right which is a couple of a abandoned school buses on BLM land, and you want to talk about Lego Marcino petroglyphs, which is 10,000 year old cultural artifacts on BLM land, yeah. right? Well, mm-hmm. pretty clear what tunnel camp is, right? It's in the history books. It's pretty clear what Lego Marcino petroglyphs is, right? But, but what are what is School Bus Canyon? Like- I don't know. They Let's talk about it. Some mining company drove these school buses up into a canyon uh, to be like for for miners to live in uh-huh. and in there right
0: yeah so and the, they just left them there right
1: is it an artifact or is it garbage
0: i don't know and, right and, and, and you know it's funny when you think about especially the regs that they had back in the day which was like non-existent yeah, as far as like uh, the mines go and what they did to the land you know like they could basically do whatever they want to it it's a bit ironic that we are preserving that now, but I, I get it. Right. But, you know, that was obviously the complete polar opposite of what the mindset was of those people that were there at the time, trying to extract and exploit the land at the time.
1: Yeah. And if they were to retire a mine today, it would be, it would disappear and we totally. wouldn't have, and, yeah. you know, but I think, so in my opinion, that is one of the things that is cool about a ghost town, right? Like if it were a perfectly preserved, you go to Bodie, California, right? Bodie is a cool old ghost town, but you can't go in the buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't really even pick up the artifacts. Like even if you're not going to take it home, you can still pick it up. You can touch it. You can sit in the car. Um, but, you know, at Bodie, it's it's a, it's a state park.
0: And mm-hmm. there are,
1: um, you know, you don't have solitude. It's like Frontierland. You know, it's, totally. it's a wholly different experience than driving around a corner and seeing you know, a dead town with no information, no signs,
0: you know, no Nobody rangers. there. What looks you like know? kind of garbage or remnants yeah. of garbage, right? Yeah, but trash, that's, trail that's cool. trash, whatever you want to call it. Like It, it, wouldn't be really it, wouldn't it has a... the rust factor. Yeah.
1: Right. And then, you know, are we going to then preserve this public resource for future generations? You know, yeah. like, I mean, it's disappearing into the earth. It's mm-hmm. here now. We're here now. We're seeing it now.
0: Like, we can't totally. really that you know well you know it'll be and here you, for as long as it is or until it uh, shows up in somebody's driveway i guess i mean you can leave it <laughs> or you could just you can leave it there yeah leave it yeah in the element course. we're not going to put a dome
1: over the petroglyphs so that they don't yeah. rained on
0: because yeah absolutely they are what they um, are and i i wanted to talk a little bit about nightingale mine Lovelock cave and Ocala mm. cave i think um I'll let you talk about Nightingale, but was Nightingale the one where you kind of took the back road through the, the canyons with a little bit of kind of a rougher track? Yeah. That looks pretty cool.
1: It was. Yeah. So the first time I we went to Nightingale, we, we started at tunnel camp and we followed a trace line on the Ram Gazetteer. And we went to a place called the blue wing mine, which is the next range over next range East, mm-hmm. from, which is, There's not much there beside a hard rock tunnel that you can walk into. Um, And then we came down and went to the Nightingale Mine. And the Nightingale is cool. There's a lot of big, uh, it's a sort of a big spread out area. There's some concrete, um, some concrete foundations that are still there, a bunch bunch of tunnels that are still there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people have peeled back the fences and gone into the tunnels. And there you can find video and photos from inside the tunnels. Uh, But it's on the top, it's near the top of the Nightingale Range, Nightingale Mountains, um, on the east side, east slope of the Nightingales. And um, we'd been there before and we went uh, down, I think it's Coyote Canyon, which goes Mm. and then heads out towards Winnemucca Dry Lake. Um, But I saw, there's a good road, I mean, you can see the good road goes up and over the pass, I just never been up there. So we were out there with our trailer and my Tacoma, newer Tacoma. It's a stock Tacoma. So, you know, it doesn't have the same clearance and maneuverability as my forearm. All right, we'll give it a try, you know. And so we went over the top and down and it gets, it's you know, it's easy and it's fine. And then it kind of comes into a steeper canyon with some turns. And honestly, the section that I've got video of would have been, I wouldn't have slowed down for it in the forerunner of course it's uh, coma is a lot closer to the ground <laughs> and the it, wheelbase it's the wheelbase and it's yeah. uh, not lifted it's got stock tires so yeah but we then my wife spotted spotted me through it and uh we had no didn't touch a thing going through it but um yeah so it worked out well um and there's a lot so of if somebody wanted, wanted
0: yeah and if somebody wanted to go like tunnel camp seven troughs and nightingale is that like a one-night trip or like what you know if you wanted well, to kind of get out there you and...
1: know you can get to um Lovelock you can get out to Lovelock and Tunnel Camp in a day and you could camp there and yep. then you
0: could drive to Nightingale the next day and um, then up by Lovelock you also have the cave right is the cave yeah. on the way to Tunnel Camp or where no, is that in relation to so these... the
1: Lovelock Caves is um south of Interstate 80 okay um, but not not far south And so you go and it's a, it's signed from the freeway. Um, And it's an easy road that school buses do. Um, (laughs) And they don't leave them there though.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: Uh, Yeah. Lovelock cave is cool. And it's it's definitely worth seeing. They do take kids there from schools all over the state, I think. Yeah. That's cool. Um, That's in the place called the Mopong Hills. Which is um, basically between Lovelock and Fallon, Nevada. Yeah, Lovelock and Fallon. Okay. It's a cool area, and so we, you know, as I was, we were making a, I was making sort of a plan to 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 go there, and I saw some other things. Ocala Cave, there's is another um, Native American historic site further mm-hmm. south there. And you can't get straight from Lovelock Cave straight down to Ocala Cave, even though they're on the same side of the range because the the there's a dry or wet, sometimes dry, sometimes a wet basin there. And so the road mm-hmm. doesn't go through, um, but it's still easy to just go up and over and around and back to Ocala Cave.
0: Really pretty cool. area. Yeah, yeah, and it's pretty cool. The, these places are not that far from each other. Um, yeah, it sounds like within a within a couple hours, maybe or something like that.
1: Yeah, it's easy to start thinking that things
0: are really close to close together. Of course. Up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It depends, you know, who you're traveling with, which right. roads you take, and everything like that. But we're not talking like it's eight hours to get from here to here, or anything no. like that. Like you could string it all together in a yeah, in a few nights. Or I would camp. Like, like, like if you
1: wanted to see Lovelock Cave and Seven Trops, I would. I don't know where you would camp. I guess you'd camp at one or the other. Oh, actually, mm-hmm. there's a there's a place to camp near Rye Patch Reservoir. Okay, I that's far away, but I man, it's not that far. Yeah. but then there's the Humboldt Range, and there's all sorts of cool stuff in the Humboldt Range, mines and
0: ghost towns. There's a place called Mark Twain's Cabin. Oh, yeah, I definitely. And want where's the, um, And you know. Obviously, as you get higher up in elevation, uh, the landscape changes, you know, people that have been to like uh, Utah, you know, you go down from the Canyonlands, you get higher up and you have the junipers and the pinyon pines and everything like that. Uh, Bronco Canyon, tell me Mm -hmm. about that place. That seems like it's at higher elevation and that looks like it's a, it's a a pretty legit trail, even though that your buddy in the power wagon was uh, pretty impressive what he was doing there, especially... Uh, watching the guy with the 40 inch tires and the Jeep and everything and he was yeah. yeah, he was leading the charge there.
1: Yeah, that so believe it or not, Bronco Canyon um is about 45 minutes from here and wow. less than 20 miles from my house.
0: And which it direction is, do you go from Reno?
1: Um so from we live at the bottom of the road that goes to Virginia City. Mm-hmm. And so, if you go up towards Virginia City, there's a, there's a road called um, Laustown Road. Mm-hmm. And Laustown Road goes from Highway 3431, 341, the road to Virginia City. We call it Geiger Grade. It goes from Geiger Grade all the way through to um, Interstate 80. Uh, but you can turn off on that um to get to lego marcino petroglyphs and then okay. there, and then you could take another another road that sort of parallels last town road called long valley road which goes right to um it goes right to the uh bronco canyon and bronco canyon is there's like lower and upper bronco canyon what we got the video is lower and it's easier. Mm-hmm.
0: that's easier that's uh, easier
1: Easier and okay. upper is, is uh, much rockier and narrower. You know, lower Bronco wow. Canyon wider. There's a couple different options. Yeah. Upper Bronco Canyon is narrower and, and harder. And a lot of guys do it as an out and back. Upper mm-hmm. is an out and back. So you come down and you go up and back and then you have to get out.
0: But because you uh, can't go out the other way. Is that up, why? You can't go yeah. out the other way at all. Got it. And how long uh, are the two sections together? the The section that we did
1: is maybe two hundred yards long. Oh, that's uh, it. Yeah, that's the okay. The Bronco Canyon Rocky part is okay, only okay. The only that long, yeah. and that that the other is not any longer. I don't think. Um, but just getting
0: okay. to kind of a mess of of river crossings and all you know, right. So it's kind it of like you drive out there and then Bronco Canyon is kind of like the end stretch, just do it and then turn around and got it. Right. Okay. I didn't, I didn't realize that. I wasn't familiar with that. It looks pretty cool though. If if you want to um, take on some, some rocky terrain, did, did, did your buddy in the power wagon, does he make it all the way to the top?
1: Yeah. So it, we, it looked, it, um, we made it through the uh, and halfway through that. I think, I think the video just kind of trails off.
0: Cause yeah, had- I think a nightfall was coming on and you yeah. had to get people out of there.
1: Sean and I had the, had kids with us. I was yeah. right. So we had kids and they started throwing sand in each other's eyeballs and, and it started getting dark. And, um, we had one, um, we had one person on that trip who was in a, a stock Jeep JK with open differentials. And, mm. um, so she was getting, um, she was, people were spotting her, but she was having a hard time. And yeah. so in order to sort of, um, get everybody through that, cause it was getting dark, I put the camera down and, and dedicated myself to helping get her through it. And we also had, we had another member, another, uh, person on the trip who's uh, um, a little older and he, um, we kind of, you know, he's wouldn't have been able to walk out of there by yeah. himself or change his own tire. Um, so we kind of wanted to get, um, uh, every, all these people kind of out for sure. things got hairy, but it ended up being really fun. Um, you know, with all these, you know, a Jeep Rubicon on 35s is like, there's no challenge there, but you know, totally. you put it, a Jeep JK with open differentials on 33s, then you've got a challenge, you know? And it's like, we got to yeah. try, we got to try this. And I ended up getting her all the way through that and up the other side. And we only had to winch uh, once. So,
0: oh, okay. That's, that's not bad. Yeah. Engineered, you know, spot her up that. Um, and and does and does that particular name have anything to do with wild horses out there? I mean, there's wild probably. horses all over Nevada. Is, is that something that you run across when you're kind of out in the backcountry?
1: Well, believe it or not, we get wild horses right here in our yard. Um, oh, wow! We live right on the flanks of the Virginia Range, and uh-huh. uh, we'll come down into the yard and eat the grass and poop in the street. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, it's it's, it's you know they're. People they're not strictly speaking wild horses. They're yeah, feral horses that have been the feral horses um, released um, in modern times. You know they're not they're not all um, descendant from the Spanish uh, horses brought over 200 years ago.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah,
1: you know, they 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 don't cause a whole lot of problems. Really, they're annoying sometimes, like stray cats. Um, we we have had them like. There's a school in our neighborhood, and I, you know, when I drop the kids off. At times, they walk through the park, and the and people will let the horses into the park because there's a gate to get in the park, you know. And so there's, <laughs> so I show up one morning, you know, and there's, um, you know, a bunch of kids getting dropped off, and then they go through the gate, and then there's like, sixteen wild horses there milling about on the path that they have to take to get to school.
0: Okay. You know, so <laughs> you can see how that'd be a problem. Yeah, of course. They're yeah, not, they're that's not pound horses. animal. That's yeah. They don't yeah, like. I mean, they don't necessarily
1: like us. So.
0: Yeah, and horses are skittish enough, and I just think like what a feral horse is like. Um, they can be, yeah. pretty, or pretty stubborn, which is, can be as bad. But yeah, yeah. we see them a lot
1: um, between, here and, no uh, between here and between here and the petroglyphs. in the Virginia Range. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of wild horses as you go up towards Tunnel Camp between Tunnel Camp and um seven tr- uh, between tunnel camp and nightingale there's a lot of uh burrows uh wild burrows up there which are you know the same as um donkeys they're
0: pretty nasty with their uh their tempers i i, I didn't realize yeah. it like yeah they they're be, yeah nasty little guys
1: the ones up here uh never get close to you the only time i yeah. got really close to them was um between between Seven Troughs and the next valley over, there's a place called Porter Spring where there's a
0: mm-hmm.
1: a, a couple of cabins and you used to be able to camp in there, but you can't anymore. But there's a a, a pond, you know, stock pond basically, and the the burrows will hang out in by the hundreds near that stock pond.
0: Wow! And, and where was only, that again?
1: What's that? It's called Porter Spring. Porter, Porter, Porter Spring. Spring. It's, okay. Uh, it's, uh, west of tunnel camp.
0: So if you want to see, uh, burros, wild asses, donkeys, whatever you want to call them, go over to Porter spring, basically. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm going to have to go over there. Yeah. They're really
1: cool. I've got some good pictures. I've got some good pictures from there. Um, because we got, we were able to get close enough to them. Yeah. And um, they make boys, they bray all night and, um, but otherwise anywhere else you get close to them and they run off. Yeah. They're like the horses, the horses uh-huh. will even the most skittish of them will don't really care if you're walking around, but the burrow okay. are.
0: Yeah, a little bit more rest. skittish. OK, cool. So. Um, we talked about the petroglyphs. We talked about Bronco Canyon, wild horses being a nuisance and all that stuff. Um, I think one of the other cool places is I would like to talk a little bit about Ithiasaurus State Park, Berlin, and maybe a little bit about Grantsville. And I think is Berlin part of this part of Ithiasaurus State Park or is it in its own state park too?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's Berlin Ithiasaurus State Park and it's, um, it's, I'm forgetting the name of the range, but it's um well it's in the Shoshone Mountains, so it's on Mm -hmm. the mountains. And so the story there is there's uh, there's a couple of mines near Berlin. Um, One of them is called the Diana Mine, and that one you can actually take a tour of and go in that mine. They'll give you a tour. Um, but the story is there is there's they were mining, whatever they were mining there probably gold, and the miners kept finding these, you know, disc shaped things with divots in them and um mm-hmm. paleontologists came around and he's like oh they were using them as like doorstops and paperweights and whatever and some paleontologists came around and said oh those are those are vertebrae from some animal and so they ended up um poking around and on the hill above the mine they dug down and found an amazing Um, fossil cache of a place where there's like 60 ichthyosaur fossils stacked on top of one another. There was like a they think there was a um like a a algae algae or a bacteria bloom in the ocean, you Mm -hmm. know, tens, tens of millions of years ago that killed a whole pod of ichthyosaurs and they all fell down to this to the bottom of this ocean area and were fossilized right there. And so wow. that as those, um, layers of sediment turned to rock, they got all folded and moved around and eventually pushed up to the top of that hill slope. And so now what they have, you know, it was like 50 years ago, they um, excavated it about 15 feet down to this layer and then just left it all there. Like they have at dinosaur national monument. Mm-hmm. And they built That's a pretty
0: cool structure over
1: it a shade structure over it and so now you can go yeah. tour of that and it's super cool um and they and found the that um, ichthyosaur fossil ever found was there and there's a big um carving of it well it's a i guess it's a cool carving of it outside
0: yeah and and then is that as far as getting over there is that just burning pavement or what's mm-hmm. kind of like uh can you explore on the dirt roads over there what's the situation like
1: oh yeah so there's if you just want to go to the park, you can just drive pavement. And it's like the last five miles is dirt to get to the park. Yeah. But any, any vehicle can do it. Um, there's a campground there with, I don't know. I I mentioned how many sites were in the video, 20 sites, maybe 17, something like that. Not Mm -hmm. that many. There's a lot of, um, it's all BLM land around there. So you can just camp anywhere you want outside the park, which we've done. Um, But if you go to, there's a road, the Grant's Pass is, the road sort of splits off as you're heading into um, Ictisore. If you just go over Grant's Pass, you can get into the next, the Reese River drainage. Mm -hmm. And that's where, um, it's the Toyabi, the Toyabi Range is the next range over. And it's one of the high points of, in central Nevada, Arc Dome is a wilderness area there, beautiful camping and hiking and then, you know, the roads there's, if you go over Grants Pass, there's roads that go north and south from there that say four wheel drive roads. I have not explored them, um, but I do want to go back and and do that sometime. And I know that cool. you can, this last summer we, uh, the boys and I were trying to escape the um, smoke. If you go just far enough, you can get away from the smoke. And um, just before the town of Gabs, which you go almost all the way to Gabs and then you cross the range to get to um, the state park. Just before we got to Gabs, we went into the uh, Broken Hills and we found some cool mines there, right? There's a place called the Broken Hills Mine, which is it's on the map and there's a sign from the road and it's kind of boarded up but there's still some cool artifacts there but there's the roads in that area are great. And so you could take the dirt roads and explore that whole area, and go over the next range into the, mm-hmm. the um, Ion Valley, where yeah. sort of, and yeah, there's lots of exploring to do there.
0: So if if you're taking like a, a random road, you know, if if you're kind of in in the basins, obviously there's not going to be as much mining activity, just on geology and all that stuff usually. But if you're going up into the mountains, into the canyons and stuff like that, and you're just taking random roads and you're doing this for the entire day, are, are you going to, is there a good chance that you're going to come across a number of, of mines and stuff like that? Or kind of what is the over under on that? Uh, it's, it's good. Like you'd,
1: you'd have to be pretty oblivious not to come across. Wow. Something.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. Especially if you're yeah. looking
1: at the, at the map, the GPS and, and looking at stuff. I mean, you can almost always see the traces of terracing and mm-hmm. roads built, even if there's no structures left. Um, but if you're, if, you know, if you look at the maps and you look at, um, you know, it'll say, sometimes it'll say historic site on the old USGS maps and they'll, um, if it has a name, you know, if it it has a name, like, like a broken Hills mine, then there's a good chance that there's something there. Um, and if it has that historic site and there's the, all the little map icons, indicate that there's something there and there's a road going right to it. Mm -hmm. Those are the giveaways. Um so if you stuff like that, you know, draw a circle on the map and then find all the places and and do it.
0: That's pretty cool. Or or use the dial layer and cheat a little.
1: (laughs) There's a lot of where you can look across a valley be like, oh that's something. But then when you get there, you don't see it anymore. You know, it's only obvious it was
0: there, yeah. On a
1: certain scale.
0: Totally. Yeah. I totally know what you mean. Um yeah. You know, I think the thing that really trips me out about Nevada and, and Nevada has really kind of undergone this uh, relative to its size, a, pop, a population explosion in the last 20 years. Um, but you get outside of Vegas, you get outside of Reno, especially outside of Reno as, as you kind of head north and northwest or just, or east, I should say. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing out there, but it's, it's crazy to think that, you know, a hundred years ago, 120 years ago, 60 years ago, however long ago they were out there, people came through there and they essentially dug in all these mountains and hills, you know, like it's, I'd be surprised if there was a a mountain range in Nevada that has not been prospected in one way or another.
1: Oh yeah. Or fully full on mind, you know, yeah. even out in, um, we were just out in the black rock and the black rock desert where they had burning man. And um, we went to the, Black Rock Springs, and there's mm-hmm. that would, there's a there's a marker, a California Trail marker, you know, and people used to traveling from the east to the west would the Mormons. yep, yeah, they would go through there, and um, f- you know they found water. Um, obviously, you yeah. would, probably would have been able to see it from a while a ways away, um, but otherwise, I mean, it's a desolate. I mean, there, are people think that Nevada is a barren wasteland. Um, it's and it's not but there are certain places there's the black rock where it's, you know, 60 miles with nothing. And then there's a place 40 mile desert out near between um, Reno and, uh, and uh, sand mountain Mm
0: -hmm. where people,
1: you know, they didn't bring enough water and they broke down and died in the middle of that desert, you know, and it's all these, like it's, you gotta be careful crossing these places now, you know, Mm -hmm. and these settlers and travelers were doing it in wagons with some um, flour and some lard and a, a barrel full of water that probably was bad you know
0: yeah 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 and then there's weird stuff like an uh was it is is it peter lassen was he the guy that led it up there did he meet yeah did he uh, did he women. perish or get murdered up there or something like that and they don't <laughs> not know sure, that's not that story, but
1: there's there's something like
0: that yeah you know it's one of many right it's like he led them the wrong way and they got mad and um you know (laughs) one thing led to another and he's still out there
1: so they named Um, a a volcano after him something like
0: that yeah (laughs) i mean he did some other stuff too i think he he established the lassen trail um up there somewhere i forget the the entire background it starts to all blend together once you read all of that stuff um you also, you talked about School Bus Canyon, MGL Mine. I know we've hit quite a few things today, and there's a lot more out there. And there, there's, you know, right. your your YouTube channel is, is a great resource, but there, there are a lot of kind of, um, there's a lot of resources out there. I think there's some of the trail books go to a lot of the mines out there. Is there any other one that you want to call out or, or, or talk about or just kind of talk about general exploration in central and in northern Nevada at all?
1: Honestly, it's a matter of finding the place names. You know, there's a number of, um, th- there was a, a Facebook group, you know, about Nevada mines, mining camps and ghost towns, and they would share pictures, but nobody would share the place name. So it's like, it's kind of useless. Um, but if you can find a place name, like if, if, if you know, if people have heard us talking about MGL Mine, they know mm-hmm. that's a good cool to go. They can find it on a map. They could go there. Um, totally not hard to find it's not hard to get to it's like it's right there but i don't know that you're going to find too many uh blog posts and guidebooks that will take you there and the same with mm. nightingale, um, nightingale you kind of got to find it on a map and then go there and so uh, that's one of the cool things about nevada is that there's information if you're willing to dig but there's not a ton of information you know yeah. so if you're willing to Hear a hear a name, a place name, find it on the map, and then drive out there and see what's on the ground. Then that's where the adventure is, you know. Totally. And so if you if you want to have somebody um, guide you all the way there, yeah, it's not really available right now,
0: out here. What, what kind of Patreon donation do they need to make to you in order to make that I, happen?
1: I have, um, (laughs) I, I do post um, GPS tracks to Patreon. Um, Not all the time, but I don't post them publicly anymore. Um, Yeah. Not because I want to keep these, you know, places secret, but I mean, I have, you know, I did take a, a group, you know, Lego Marcino petroglyphs is um, every weekend. One of the off-road groups is leading a trip out there and you know, it's getting to be 15, 20 vehicles. And so mm-hmm. it used to be you go up to the petroglyphs and you drive up the little Canyon and there was a place for four trucks. Right. And then nobody else could park there. Well, now there's a great big place to, you know, people have just started parking and there's a great big place to park 20 trucks there, you know, and that's, wow. you know, it doesn't damage the art, the petroglyphs, um, but it does change the, feeling of when you drive up to something you know one of the cool things about the petroglyphs is like you drive up there's a gate like uh well i guess this is it but you don't see them until you walk another hundred yards down the road so now there's a parking lot there um
0: so got it so I don't a paved pave parking lot or just from people no, driving just, uh, out there yeah, Just people driving over the sage okay yeah okay. it's just sage it. so it'll back
1: but yeah it would be nice if it was still sage but it, yeah the other thing, that run up in that canyon too so it's impacted
0: totally yeah I I think that's just a a lot of places have seen a a huge increase in traffic I know I've I've I go out to the Mendocino National Forest a lot just because I I don't like dealing with the crowds up in a lot of the places in the Sierra Um, and uh, there'd be places where I, I would see like one or two people in a day and now not it's not that many more. It's not crowded, you know. Mm-hmm. I might see like ten people where in the past I'd see two or something like that. Right. And there's people camping in places, so we're definitely seeing it everywhere. I think. Um, yeah. I, I do think one of the benefits about Nevada is that it is so big and so spread out, and you don't have any major population centers up by where you are. You can still you can still get out there and uh, escape the people. Yeah. And I would imagine, I would imagine if you get really far out there, you could probably go days at a time without even seeing, seeing anybody else.
1: For sure. Yeah, you can. And, you know, one of the first adventures we did when we moved here was we went to, um, we went to go camp in the, in the Toyabe range. And I took the, I took my little 86 Subaru DL wagon up and over uh, Grant's pass. And that was, that was one of those times where I was like, "Well, the road goes through, so I, we, I guess we'll turn back if we can't do it." And we did it, and mm-hmm. we went down some dirt road and pulled, rolled a rock into the catalytic converter. Um, <laughs> we were trying; we were crossing this creek, crossing the Reese River to get to a place called um, Cow Canyon Trailhead, and there was a dude, an old dude in a Ranger Ford Ranger, had rolled his truck over on its side trying to cross the river. I don't know how he did it, but he said he had nobody to come along in a day. Um, so I ended up giving wow. him a ride to the next house and coming back. But, uh, wow. Okay. He went, that was, you know, coming from Cal- I used to live in Southern California and come from New Mexico and, you know, being in these places where we don't see another vehicle for a two days, two or three days is yeah. weird and good like weird in a good way Uh, yeah except if you break your Subaru
0: in the middle of nowhere well at least at at least he stayed there you know yeah we we heard that horrible story down in Death Valley and you know one of the people perished after they tried to go up over the mountains at least he had the wherewithal to do that
1: yeah yeah he was lucky so
0: for sure yeah I, I would feel incredibly lucky as well um We've got through quite a few places, um, you know. You're out in Nevada. I'm over here in California dealing with all the crowds and everything like that. And people are moving up your way. I'm sure people are, you know, everybody's saying something about the Californians. But let me let me say this to everybody that's complaining about us: we have everybody from the East Coast and Midwest that's been moving here forever. So we've been yeah. we've been dealing with this, you know. It's true. You guys are just yeah. You're just it, getting a little taste of what we've been dealing with.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the good thing about Nevada is that. Well, the good thing about the middle of nowhere, Nevada, is that um, it is kind of unattractive to people, to a lot of people. You know, even the people that are moving here, they're, they'll go to um, the Black Rock. It's gotten really busy. Mm-hmm. Um, just just the playa, you know. Yeah. You head up the Soldier Meadows Road, you don't see anybody. As soon as yep. you head towards High Rock Canyon, you still don't see anybody. It's the yeah. same. And so they yeah. just want to go out on the playa and, and, um,
0: get their Instagram
1: photos. Yeah. Get their Instagram photos and, and move on. Um, but
0: I, t- I if, totally hear you.
1: If you go out to the playa, um, and you go, you follow the California trail East, you'll end up back at seven troughs. <laughs> if you follow oh, really? California trail West, you'll end up in, um, uh, Susanville, you know, so okay. you, if you go North you'll end up in, um,
0: We get up to the, uh, the Alvord eventually.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's all stuff all around there. Um, Yeah. Even if the the Black Rock is a little over-traveled right now.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the playa is huge as well, so you can get out of there. And like you said, there's some other great stuff to explore. Um, So somebody that wants to go out there, they're like, okay, I need to get away from the people. This sounds really interesting. Or maybe they think it doesn't. Why, why should somebody think about, Headed out into the back country and the back roads in central and northern Nevada and exploring.
1: Uh, I mean, it's 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 beautiful out here. You know, there's even in even you know we have there are trees out there, but you know you can see from one range across the next, across the next, across the next, and we get these amazing um, high clouds and the colors. You know, they'll it'll you'll have. You know, reds and yellows, and then it'll blend up into blues in the sky. And it's you sometimes we get this perfect soft light over everything that you can see, and it's amazing. And um, sometimes it, the light is super harsh, and you get just amazing blue skies. Um, it's beautiful in, in every in every regard, you know, and you don't get, um, amazing lush, green forests and, you know, giant colorful flowers. You know, you get a tiny little, a tiny little flower peeking up through the hard pan somewhere, you know, and it's like, you've got to, you got to sort of re- readjust your expectations of what you're going to see out there. Um, yeah. What's there. And the, the mountains are craggy and have every kind of rock, and also, you might see a school bus that somebody, you know, shot with a a, a bowling ball catapult. You know, like
0: <laughs> I see some weird stuff out there. Yeah, it's the desert. I mean, uh, and you talked about freedom. I mean, what what is right. that experience like being out in the Nevada outback? It's great. It's like, it's awesome.
1: And yeah. you know, there's mines where you know you'll open up this trap door in a mine and it goes down and You know, we, we did counted, um, uh, counted the, the, how long it took a rock to fall and estimated it was over 500 feet down in one of these shafts. Okay. You know, Don't go down that one. Yeah. That's why there are fences in front of it. You you know, sometimes, right. Not always. And the kids, and the kids, um, my boys love walking around these areas and there are, Rot, uh, nails and there are there's glass and there's yeah. climb on that you could potentially fall off of and land in a hole that's 500 feet deep. And yeah, you know, you don't get, you don't get that at the family fun center in town playing video games. You don't get that playing video games. Of course. And you no, know, I'm not saying that my kids don't play video games and love to go to the family fun center. Cause they do, but I think it's, it's remarkable when, you know, you can take yourself, obviously, but also your kids out of this environment with, you know, two screens and two keyboards and, uh, you know, a phone that's blinking and beeping and emails and and all of this stuff and a gas station down the road where you can get a hot dog and water. And then, you know, two hours later, if the car breaks down, we're, we're going to be here for a week until somebody comes wait, along. We, couple, one of us falls into the hole, Yeah, one of us falls into the hole. That's where we're going to be for the rest of eternity, you know, like. Yeah. Not that I'm not yeah. that I want to, you know, all this stuff, but like that kind of consequence, that kind of, you know, raw experience is hard to find. Totally.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, is it fair to say that, you know, obviously, there's wilderness areas and mountain ranges and other things. And uh, there are ranches and private property occasionally. Mm-hmm. But it, it sounds like once you kind of get out there outside of Reno, and you're still in Nevada, mm-hmm. Nevada, um, that you can basically point almost any direction and just start hightailing hundreds and hundreds of miles of dirt and, and just keep going and going for as long as you like, basically.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: I mean, yeah. you're not going to
1: suddenly come across a locked gate and you know a, a guard tower or something. I mean, there are mines. There's private property out here. There's big mines, um, and there are ranches, but there's roads going through all uh, all of it. You know, and there's very few yeah. places where where you see a, tr- a a sign that says you can't come here.
0: And so, the last question I want to ask you, I think we're we're at about time here feel free to throw anything else in. Um, obviously wintertime things shut down and elevation comes into play. What's the situation out there in terms of exploring in the winter months? I, I imagine some of it probably is low enough elevation. You can do some exploring. And then when you probably get higher uh, becomes a little bit more difficult or what's that like?
1: So that's a good question. I have, um, you know, in most, of the, most years I've been kind of a ski bum. And so um if the snow is good, then I stayed around here. Mm -hmm. Um, this last year I went out to a place, uh, near, um, near the broken Hills area near, um, Gabs. And in, um, December, January, February, February, I think it must've been February. It was cold. And I wanted to, um, you know, a friend of mine and I were like, let's go do it. You know, snow sucked this year. Snow was bad this year. Mm-hmm. So we drove out to um, a place called the Earthquake Faults, which is just past Sand Mountain. Um, and I was like, well, here's a here's a road on the map that looks like it goes, instead of taking the paved road, we'll go over this and see if it works. And I was like, could be snowed in, could be muddy, whatever, we'll figure it out. Uh, but it went all the way through Went over and down to the next valley. And, and, um, this particular year, there wasn't a lot of snow. Um, so it was yeah. doable. And we ended up camping near this cool old mine and, um, it was cold. We had a fire, but, uh, I just put my down jacket on and, and dealt with it and slept in, um, my thermals and my 15 degree bag in the rooftop tent. Um, and it was fine. You know, I mean, if you're willing Ooh. to adjust, yeah. your comfort to allow for, extreme cold there's nothing stopping you from going out no. there and doing it
0: it's, it's not too bad when, when you think about uh the no. gold miners up in the yukon and alaska and what they did and everything yeah. like that yeah you know like uh 40 below zero so I, I think i could deal with 15 degrees or whatever it's at yeah yeah mike it's been really great having you on um just wanted to say thank you again so the youtube channel all train family is that right and That's right plug the website one more time that's allterrainfam.com. Allterrainfam.com. And you going to be making any videos soon? Can we expect anything new uh, on, the, on the, the channel? You can expect something soon.
1: Um, I'm not sure what it's going to be, though.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm actually sitting on an Anza Borrego video that I, I need to put together. So
1: we're, we're, we're trying to squeeze ourselves out of soccer season so we can start doing weekend trips again.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, thanks again. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, cross each other on the trail soon. For sure. I want to
1: explore that Mendocino area you keep talking about.
0: Yeah. Come on down. I I mean, it's (laughs) been hit with some fires, but um, I'd love to show it to you. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Bye-bye.